Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Scipio. The number one challenge every salesperson faces right now is how to have more conversations with more potential customers and land more appointments. And that's why you need to check out Scipio today. I've had too many sales leaders share with me how Scipio has transformed their ability to make contact with customers faster and easier than ever before. If you don't have texting as part of your modern sales process, you need to. Scipio has the best automated texting platform I've ever seen. Scipio's texting platform will help you build personalized relationships at scale in an authentic way your customers will appreciate. Salespeople using Scipio, they say big things happen. They're seeing a 5x improvement in landing appointments and a 40% lift in show rates. And that leads to more conversations, which we all know leads to more sales. And while the results speak for themselves, don't take my word for it. Head over to Scipio.com and use the code ROB, that's R-O-B, for a 30-day trial on the plan of your choice, courtesy of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Again, that's Scipio.com and use the code ROB to see just how good a modern messaging platform can be. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. I am super excited for my conversation with today's guest. Steven Schmidt is the founder and CEO of Tidal. Tidal helps sales teams build pipeline fast. Tidal helps sales teams all around the world build these healthy, robust pipelines that are more than just numbers. They turn into revenue. And their modern approach to top of funnel process is making a lot of noise in the sales community right now. And, and because of the things that they're doing for their clients, Tidal is growing at a pace that you just can't overlook. All along the way, Steve's been sharing his journey and the lessons that he's learning, and he's become a personal must follow for me. I love his insights as he works with sales teams all around the world. I love his thoughts around prospecting and growth and leadership. And because he and his team have the opportunity to have very unique and very important perspective on what I think is the most important part of the sales process, prospecting, I had to have him on our show. I had to get that perspective and share it with you guys today. So I'm excited to dive into Steve's perspective on a couple of important topics facing sales leaders right now. You're going to find out in this conversation, Steve's a terrific sales leader, someone making a difference in the sales community. And honestly, he's one of the great people you're going to have the opportunity to meet. Steve, my friend, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for joining us. Man, this is a trip. This is awesome. I was telling you before we met, I'm so appreciative to be on the show. I've listened to your show for a long time. And uh, when I started to sort of interact on LinkedIn and, and I thought, well, this guy will never talk to me. He's a big deal. And you made a comment on a post I made, and I remember I told you about that, that, that had a lot of impact on my life um, in terms of just being like, wow, there's this platform where these people who seem like celebrities are real people. And uh, man, it just touched me. And when I told you that story, you said that means a lot to me. And I said, well, it meant a lot to me too. I mean, this is, this is awesome that three years later, here we are. And um, it's, it's a trip. It really is. Well, I'm, I'm grateful, man. Congratulations on what, what you're doing right now. I can't wait to dive in and Honestly, Steve, I'm, I'm really appreciative you join us today. Uh, we got a few thousand sales leaders that are going to be better off because of the story you're going to share with us. So thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome, man. Why don't we start by having you introduce us to Tidal? Uh, you've, you're the founder, you're the CEO of something that's doing really great things. Can you just give us kind of the high level on what Tidal is and, and what you guys do for the clients you work with? Yeah, Tidal is a lead generation agency. We use the term revenue intelligence. Uh, what that means, uh, we all have hauled, all heard that term, but um, I think we all know that the last five years in sales has led to a lot of software piling up on software, mm. and we're putting the human element back in it, right? We love software. We, we should, I mean, we, we invest a lot in software. I mean, we spend 
um, you know, we spend 34 grand a month on software, right? But we want to always accelerate that to the next human connection. Um, I'm a communications and theater major from back in the day. Like, wow, that's, that's what I learned is how do you communicate with other people? And everybody forgets, you know, they want to go to business school and sales school. And I'm like, it's just about people. This, you know, you can be really good economic major, a finance major and look at everything and go, this is how we automate this. And I go, that's great. How do I get as quickly as possible with as little as friction to a conversation with that person? And, you know, probably like yourself, I come from a world where we used to knock on doors and I'd sit outside one for two hours to wait to talk to somebody if it meant that I could get a minute with them. Yeah. And, and my tech stack was the yellow pages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and a the phone. kids, I mean, and a yeah, phone. I, nobody wants to hear about that today yeah. and I get it. Cause I don't want to be uphill both ways on a gravel, right. you know, but I mean, I grew up on in uh, my memories always go back to a farm. You know, I just always remember being a little kid and watching my uncle's work. I'm from South Dakota. I mean, that's where title is headquartered. And, it's funny, this, this company that's really helping change the way sales is done is headquartered in a town of 200,000 people in the middle of nowhere. But it's where I learned, which is, I asked my grandpa, and he reminded me of this when he was, when he was passing away, um, or not passing away, but he was in, he was in his final years. He, did, he, he died in his sleep unexpectedly. But I said, Grandpa, what do you, what do you love so much about farming? It looks really hard. And I knew he... Um, I knew he meant what he said. He said, Steve, he goes, I like to walk out in the field and look at it all and then take the dirt and put it through my hands. Cause he goes, it makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger than me. I and I that. was like, wow. And that just stuck with me for a long time because I, I love sales. I've loved sales for 20 years. But when I talked to you three years ago, or when you communicated with me on LinkedIn, uh, I was a sales guy selling uh, things that attached to the hip, driving to the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, uh, for a device that would help people not break their back when they were working in the factory. Three years later, running a company that's you know on its way next year to 10 million. And, and that's fantastic because I go, how did that happen? What happened between those three years? And, and, and title is, we focus on all things to bridge the human connection. And, and, and really, we do the thing that no one else is willing to do. We pick up the phone. And 83% of everything we book for clients, whether they're enterprise, SMB, or mid-market, is we make over 4,000 calls a day. And wow. that's a lot of conversations. And I awesome. love that. It's hard to have a conversation over email, right? It's like the old next, next uh, what is Nextel, the, the walkie-talkies. Like, I say something to you. You say something to me. Um, but on a phone call, you can take someone from I'm not interested to huh? Because really what they're saying is I don't know you and I don't have time. All you got to do is be able to engage them in a meaningful manner. And now you can have a conversation. So that's really what we focus on. And we'd like to parse those apart. That's when we apply the tech, right? How do you take what customers are saying, even when they're not saying yes, and give that feedback of market intelligence to our clients and say, this is what they're saying about what they're doing today. This is who they're with. This is why they're not interested in you. And so from a product marketing standpoint, they can now position themselves Instead of do market research, market research is what they're actually saying with their mouth. And yeah. that's powerful. Well, I appreciate this. This is, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I, I want to learn a little bit more of your story because your growth has been amazing. Like you've, you have had ridiculous growth. You've got a great company doing great things. Your success stories, like I would encourage our listeners to go check out some of your success stories because they're head turners, right? And uh, and so I'm I love it when I see people able to fill a need in a different way, uh, do things differently that makes a difference. And so let's let's shift and get into that a little bit. Let's talk before we get into what I, I want to spend like at least half of our time on. I would be remiss if I didn't tap into what you're doing so well right now, Steve. I, th I think that the hardest part and the most important part of sales is that first part. It's that the better you start, the better you finish that prospecting, you know, nothing solves problems better than a healthy, fat, robust pipeline. And you guys do that. You like, I love one of the things I read about you is we build the, the, the healthiest pipelines in the world. I, I love that. That's, that's a claim that I love. So what are you seeing right now? And like call it the last 20 months. You guys have these crazy success stories. How has prospecting changed in, a lot, in this weird period of time in our business lives? Well, prospecting went 
<laughs> when COVID struck the world and, uh, you know, what a, what a terrible thing. I mean, regardless of, I guess, well, how you view it, I mean, it wasn't fun for anybody, really. Um, everybody kind of sat at home and go, what now? And they said, oh, let's send a bunch of emails. And, and we all know that that, that really kind of killed the inbox, right? Uh, because spam email hit at the same time, email filtering has never been better. And I don't know if you've heard of a company called Gated. I think they're phenomenal, by the way. Um, they will make you donate to a charity to get into an inbox. So that email. Oh, really? world is, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got it and I've donated a lot of money to Hazel and Betty Ford because you got to pay $5 to get into my inbox. Wow. And um, uh, as I think people are paying attention going, do I even address email or do I try and change it? And so I think that that not only changed, but I, I think we've got we've got this interesting thing. And I made the, the, the example, which is so obvious. I really go, yep, I get it. This morning I talked to my team. I woke up and we missed our activity goal yesterday. Now we hit the outcome. And I said, that's an accident because you guys, we all look at these people who go to the gym with these bodies that we go, oh, I guess I'd like that body too. And, and then I go, well, I don't want to look like that guy. I don't want to be so buff. I'd rather be this way. I'd rather be a little bit buff. But the truth is, is I'm saying, I don't want to do the work to get there. Mm. I don't want to do the steps that that person took, the programming that they followed. We all go, no, no, don't tell me what to do. How dare you? And that's not a cancel culture, anything. That is simply saying, I know that every company, if they implemented and looked at the way the things we do, which is this, it's how many licks to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Meaning I know that if it takes 100 calls to have 12 conversations and 20% of them convert, and that's my money channel, stop emailing people. Like just call people because if it's not working, you're killing your email. And so what, what we do is say, well, if phone works with this persona and that persona is, let's say the vice president of um, our the VP of RevOps and they answer phone calls and, and, and the message is this, and it resonates. We know that that works. So emulate it across all channels now. And we all also know that LinkedIn has never been hit more with uh, what people call pitch slaps, automated robots heading our DM. Yes. Although it's illegal, we all know that Microsoft is cracking down on that. So I too believe that that'll go away. And by the way, hot tip for anybody, if you don't want those, turn on something, it's a setting that just says I'm away and nobody can send them to you. So if you're tired of them, you can have a vacation little thing that you toggle on on LinkedIn. I say, if you don't want any more DMs, toggle it off. They go, well, what about the other messages? I go, tough shit. Pardon my French, but I mean, you <laughs> either get some, you get none, or you get all of them. And, yeah. and if they really make you that upset, then you should probably see a therapist because I don't get upset about getting a, a, a spam email. I just look at it and go, hmm, I research yeah. it and study it and go, what can I learn from this? Really good. And um, you, you asked you ask the question, so I answer it and, and finalize it in this. How have we grown so fast? Um, I took a little piece of advice from a guy who I respect a lot, Jake Dunlap. And he said, Steve, uh, I said, Jake, I want to start this thing. And I go, but I don't have a marketing budget. He goes, you should do organic content. I said, I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be the guy saying, good morning, you know, do push-ups and your day will be amazing. And he says, just be you. And I was like, okay. And so through LinkedIn, by posting, I would say, um, I am a practitioner, meaning I do everything we talk about every day um, because otherwise it wouldn't work very well. I go to LinkedIn and, and suddenly after four months of posting five times a week with something I would think is authentic, what has happened is we know that that works because that's the fourth month is when it went from, I don't know if this is working to it's working to now it's holy crap. Wow. It's working so well. We get about six leads a day who come to our website to validate we're real and they fill out a quick form or hit the chat bot. They came to us from LinkedIn. Uh, so it's absolutely working. I know we all hear about personal brand. Um, in this case, it's worked very well. Wow. So that's interesting. I didn't even know we would get into this. Four months of five times a week. And then when you hit that fourth month, it was like a massive change. It was like, Maybe it's doing something. I don't know if it's worth the effort. I don't know if it's worth the time. And then all of a sudden it was like a big cliff and it was different. That's a good thing for you to share with people. That's, that's a really good thing for people to know. Well, it's, it's, it's all top of funnel, right? So when you think of filling the funnel, I'll sit there and one of the first questions I ask is, do you have a LinkedIn strategy? They go, oh, well, we should. And I'll look at the competitor and I'll say, well, I looked at your competitor and I've noticed their title of the person there and they're active, right? And so I'll give you an example. Jeremy Donovan, a guy who works at Salesloft. I've never met Great him. guy. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
a good book, good writer, shares awesome tips. Jeremy Donovan is known as someone who spits facts. You know, he's not a guy who gets on video. He just says, hey, here's a fact. Here's a quote from a book. And um, Jeremy Donovan, and when you think of Sales Loft, I don't think of Sales Loft. I think of Kyle Porter, Jeremy Donovan. When I think of Outreach, I think of Scott Barker and Manny Medina. When I think of, you just go down the list. I did not buy Air Jordans because of the Air Gel. I didn't even know what it was. I just wanted to see it. I bought them because Michael Jordan. Right. And, and now these people aren't Michael Jordan, but, and then this is not about personal branding. So I'm going to kill that here. It's, I think if we're cognizant that top of funnel, isn't just cold calls, it's not just email. Um, it's not sales against marketing. Now LinkedIn, if done right, is absolutely a top of funnel filler. And you got to pay attention to that channel as well. And please do not tell your people to go out and share your company's quarterly report as that is not a topic that anybody cares about encourage them to be themselves, even when it feels weird. And if they don't want to, that's totally okay too. They don't need to. They'll do it if they want to, but you as a company should be paying attention to all channels. So we just try and open those up. But I will tell you, even with LinkedIn, the old good old telephone that everybody's afraid of um, is where we're going to always make our money for our clients, because that's where we can generate the most interest. Let me ask one last, like we could do a whole episode and I've had people, I've had some great people on here that talked about prospecting. I will always talk about prospecting and I hope that we can have you back on and maybe we'll do something on just like kind of some things that people could do for modern prospecting. But let, let me just ask you this. Uh, it's two sides. I don't care which angle you take because I want to leave enough time to go on the other thing that we want to talk about today because I think it's super important. Um, mm -hmm. Is prospecting becoming more of a lost art? Uh, like I see a lot of salespeople that say, I don't prospect, I, just, I sell. And, 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 and if you're a sales leader, any, any tips that you'd say on, here's a couple things on how you can have a little more predictability in your prospecting. I know you talked about LinkedIn and that, if that's, if that's where you want to go, that's great. Either one of those two things, is it becoming more of a lost art or how can a leader add a little more predictability to their revenue top, you know, their revenue generating efforts? So I believe that prospecting has changed. The, the lost art in prospecting is, is the, the adaptation. If Think about politics for a second. I don't want to talk about them per se, but think about a campaign. Yep. Um, you have to be willing to run a campaign that's long enough to see what the result is. And I'm not talking an email campaign or a marketing campaign. Prospecting is always and, and forever. And so if I want to just say, okay, I'm going to use this thing now and then this thing, and I switch it and switch it and switch it. Um, to me, prospecting is a consistent, everybody loves that word, consistent yep. effort that people hear a message that's similar over and over again, because people by nature tie themselves, we're black and white. We want black or white. We don't like gray. Yep. And, and polarizing people are good because I don't need people sitting on the fence. Nobody does. You'll either like me or you don't. And I'm totally okay with that. If you like me, Chances are you agree with something I'm saying, or it can impact your life. If you don't, you disagree and that's okay. And so for me talking about the phone, it's polarizing, right? I've got a message from a guy who, who just was like, you're an old piece of stuff. And then he deleted me as a connection. I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but that was awesome. I can't see the message anymore because you deleted yourself, but this kid was pissed. And I was like, good for you, man. You're taking a stand at least. And so I think that the idea of prospecting um, has, is it a lost art? Oh my God. Yeah. But also I'm cognizant that as an, as an aging person who's 44, if I don't adapt to the way younger people are buying, who are going to be decision makers and already are, then yeah. I'm screwed. I'm screwed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will go to my grave, Steve, um, as a guy who's only done sales, man, I suck at most things. I'm okay at the sales thing. I'm okay that I love it. It's been, the, I think we, you and I, and everybody listening, we're part of the greatest profession in the world. That's what I think. Amen. And, yep. um, and I'm grateful to what sales has provided for me and my family and, and those I love, but here's what I think. You are not a salesperson. If you don't know how to go find deals, if you can't go find deals, you are not a salesperson. And some people today, they don't like it when I say that. So that, I don't know. I, I think that's the most important skill to have. So I can't, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Those, I don't know who those people are, but I do, you know, because I can think of the, I'm thinking of the enterprise sales rep who sits in the corner cube with two windows with 10, 12 trophies yep. and goes, I just closed deals, man. I'm like, well, good for you. How does that happen? And I'm because sure your some, mom is proud. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm sure someone teed that deal up for you and spent years and years grinding on the phone to get it set up. And at least you can get them a gift card and say thank you. Yeah. Let's 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 shift. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just put it on note right now that I want to have you back early next year. And as people are kicking off next year, let's talk about building a funnel that will take you through 2022. I think that you'd be perfect for that, man. Um, yeah, I want to talk about a post you made that made me reach out to you and start begging. I got on my hands and knees begging you to be on my show. And, uh, and you were gracious enough to say, yes, I'm going to get it wrong. So you can, you can clue me in. It was something along the lines that going into this year, you're like, man, we'd be, we were hoping we could do something around a million eight or something like that. And Mm -hmm. we're now approaching them, you know, the ability to do a million eight a month. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, who you're you're, the gist of it was we didn't think big enough and we're capable of amazing things. And I I think that it's been a grueling year for a lot of people. I I have a lot of people hire me for, for SKOs and keynotes right now. And my, my work that I'm doing used to be around a lot of sales tips or leadership tips. What I'm talking about right now is the difference maker is not on the outside. The difference maker isn't what the economy is or what the competitors do or what anybody else is doing. The difference maker is on the inside. It's your mindset and it's your, what your belief structure is. And there's a bunch of things like that that 100% are all in control of you. And it's been a fun speech to give people because they say, Rob, that puts wind in my sails in an authentic way. And then I saw your post. We weren't thinking big enough. And since then, you've talked about that four or five other times. Like, it's very consistent with you. Like, you're realizing, man, we could have thought bigger and we need to think bigger. Can we talk about that belief, mindset, aiming high? That concept, I think, is really critical this time of year uh, as people are finishing this year and going to the next. Could Could you just share some of your thoughts around that? Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory, not too long. How I got there was is the opposite of that, right? Where it was pity party, woe is me. I, I, you know, I've shared this, uh, I won't get into the addiction side. I was at the bottom of my barrel, right? I was an addict, um, pills, booze, other things. And, and I was so limited in my belief that I was like, you know what? I moved back to South Dakota from Minneapolis, thought I was a big deal. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be a rep for a managed IT company, you know, a good company. And I went to thinking so small. You know, I, I was like, I guess this is my life. I'm just a freaking sales rep. And I hated the company. I, I didn't hate the company. I hated the product, like the company, like the people. I hated my job. I would literally be driving around in my used Tahoe that had like rust on it. And I was like, man, I'm like a door-to-door sales rep again. This was just three and a half years ago. And all of a sudden, I heard of this guy, David Goggins. You know Goggins, right? Love Goggins. His book is right on that bookshelf right there behind yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. It changed my life. And a lot of people hate him because I'm like, this guy's amazing and so i just started consuming that and i ended Steve, up let me push pause i want the listeners goggins's book is called can't hurt me not a bad one to get your hands on now push play back to you okay boom i i started listening to this and and i ended up going to rehab and what happened is i in rehab all of a sudden i was out walking through the trails i looked up and i was like just saw the sky and i was like you know what it's a big sky it's a big world and I just thought differently because it, you know I wasn't on pills and booze so that's the first part but I was just like you know what this is good. I'm going to just live my life from here. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to look back and and I'm given an opportunity now to march ahead. And then I started listening to this stuff and I'm watching this David Goggins guy who's out like running and, and just screaming at the camera. And he's just so poised. I'm like, I want to be that guy. And I'm like, wait, I'm already okay myself. And I just started to apply some of this stuff. And when I got out of rehab, I came back to that same company that I went into and I ended up burying everybody in the company by about 600%. Boom. And I lasted a year in the job because my sponsor said, do the job for a year because you're a quitter. At least you have been and prove to yourself that you can be consistent for a year. And I walked in on one year and one day to the boss. And I said, I'm done. I said, I made it. <laughs> I said, that's it. And that was the last job I had. And then I started this thing called title consulting. And we ended up selling 180 million in the first job for a company that was publicly acquired for 70 million. That was big. Spun up out of nothing, but two guys who cold called me from New York and said, I heard you can sell. Can you help us? And we were shipping containers of nitro gloves from Malaysia. And I was doing deals with prostitutes over WhatsApp that I didn't even know, (laughs) trying to get nitro gloves over to hospitals in America. That's thinking big. And people were wiring $8 million to my bank account who I've never met before. And I said, what is happening? And that's how title got started. That was just me. I was title consulting. 
I, that company got acquired, good for them. I said, I'm not going to be a part of that. I want to go do this other thing. They said, here's a million dollars where you stay. I said, thank you, but no, thank you. Wow. I need to go do something more important with my life. Good for you. And, and I, did, I didn't know what I was going to get into because I called Jacob. I said, Jake, I'm doing the thing you talked about. He's like, good for you, man. And uh, I got my first three clients, hired my first four people. And from then on, man, that's where it went from four to six to 20 to 32 clients. Now, have we been perfect? No, we screw up. We try and learn from it. I've never had a, I've never been a CEO. I've never had 42 employees. I've never had a, a monthly operating expenditure of $320,000. And I look at it and I want to kind of vomit a little bit in my mouth and yeah. go, the fear wants to say, that's a lot, man. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Because you could just go be a consultant again. And that's a lot easier. You can make a half a million bucks in your sleep. But instead I go, there's something bigger and sure it could be money, but my goal is to change and become the, you know, there's awesome SaaS companies out there. I want to be, when you think of Deloitte and what they can do, which they're a services and a people company. And we talked about this before the show, uh, Rob is, I want to be within five years. The one thing when people say, I want to go to market or my sales team needs help will be one of a few options that they say, call title, they won't fail. And that's how we change the world forever. Sounds big, but it will happen. It will undoubtedly happen. Unless I get hit by a bus along the way, it will absolutely happen. Okay. I want to dive into this. We have call it 10 minutes and then we got to wrap yeah. the way we wrap. Sure. So this is important. We, this, this is the concept that I want our leaders to be thinking about this idea of thinking big. We're in a world where we're, we're we are salespeople, sales leaders. We operate against a quota. We have targets, we have goals we have to hit. And often that's, that's where we go. That's where we, we focus should and couldn't can, here, I, let me back this up. Can a sales leader, help the reps that they lead learn to think big. Like you're, you're thinking like an entrepreneur, I want to start something bigger. Can a sales leader have the impact on people they lead that they can think that they're capable of something bigger? And before you answer, I believe that there's three, like I call it this triangle of transformation is what I call it as a, as a sales leadership coach. It's a performance coach. We have to give step-by-step yeah. instructions. That's the process. We have to give elite support. That's done with you, not done for you. Damn sure not do it yourself. We're going to work together. But the last one is I've always felt people have to do mindset coaching because you have to help people think that they are bigger and better than what they are now. And otherwise, it's hard to break free of status quo. Like you shared your story, breaking free of status quo is hard to do. Can sales leaders help reps do that? Should they do that too? Oh my God, that's the only thing they should do. That's all they should do. Let's talk about that. Be yeah, because if you're not doing it, then you're, you're, you shouldn't be in the job. If you can't work, I'm going to work backwards. I like, I like your triangle of transformation. So number one is mindset. But you can't show up on day one and just spew mindset. You have to show them tactical application. You know, tactical, you know, here's what it is. I'm going to show you next to you, go side by side and apply it. And then I'm going to shift your mindset to go, what is your ceiling? And the first week, they're all going to go, oh, I'll be the number one rep ever, man. Just watch me you go, okay. And if you're paying attention, you'll notice the tendencies. And I also believe that mindset is, it's, it's the biggest thing, right? And it, it, you, you have to be a leader who's willing to wake up with them and be the first person they get to talk to when they get to work. Don't just assume that they're going to go about their day and do what you told them to. That's ridiculous. Mm. Eventually, it becomes a habit, but you have to be willing to call them and say, if I said I want to be, you to be accountable to me, I have to be accountable back to you. I am not more important than you. I may have a bigger title, but if I'm your leader, my job is to lead you. And that is not pull or push. Sometimes it's one or the other. And I love it when a, going back to cold calls, like a good manager would say, I'm going to get in the car with you and let's go do it. Not go get 80 cold calls and don't come back till you're done. Because they both can work, but one's more sustainable than the other one. If you can show me how to do it and watch me do it and show me how to do it my way, meaning how to put my mindset and get it bigger to do the thing, you're going to have a sustainable lasting impact. And we all know those leaders who people come back to and say, you changed my life forever. It's not the ones who are easy on you ever. It's the ones who showed up and beat like that, beat that thing into the ground with you and said, Nope, you didn't get it right. Let's do it again and again and again and again, because that's caring. Caring is not long lunches and more vacation time. That's great. 
really, really good for people's lives balance. But if you care about performance, you care about pushing them and making them uncomfortable and be willing to let them maybe hate you a few days. Like my, I'll tell this story and then I'll shut up. The, the oh, one guy who I give so credit good, Steve. <laughs> dude, the, the guy I give the credit to um, the most was my first manager. Cause he would say every day, get in the office at eight o'clock for a meeting. We'd all have to drive in a big city to get to the small little corner suburb. And if we were ladies that don't come in, you're done for the day. Come back tomorrow. And, and, and reps would just cry and they'd be like, no, 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 something happened. He's like, I'm sorry. You, you just weren't here on time. And then you had to come back and you had to, that meeting was done. You had an hour at your cube and then you had to leave and you had to come back at three o'clock and get in that office again and make an hour's worth of cold calls and be in a huddle. And I remember I'm like, am I freaking insane for liking this? I loved it. I never sold a damn thing for three months. And he put me on a pip. He said, Steve, I don't think you're going to cut it. And I was going on appointments and he said, you have one month to prove it or you're fired. And I was like, this son of a bitch yeah. is not going to fire me. Yeah, totally. Go after yourself. Yeah. And so I, I ended up closing 300% to quota that month. And I've never, ever been below 200% my entire life since on a quarterly basis, because the habits that he taught me in terms of the activity, which is the most important thing. And I was like you, like I was keeping post-it notes. We didn't we shared a computer. I had a white box where we took turns using it, right? So it's wow. not like we had all the tech. I mean, we had ACT software. I had a spreadsheet and a phone book. And every day, every other day, I would get to use the computer. And so everything else is freaking easy from there. I mean, every tool we have now, I'm like, I can just get your cell phone number in two seconds and call you. That's easy. And so it's, I think those habits that we need to still instill, uh, instill, although different, I mean, LinkedIn wasn't around then, and that's now the number one way I've adapted to earning new business. Um, I need to be willing to adapt myself, but I have to stand next to people and go, you might be the phone person. You might be the email person. Maybe you're the LinkedIn guru. I can't make you do it my way. The end result's the same, but let's go down the journey. I'm going to have to call your bullshit and say when it's not working, but that, that to me is really what people aren't doing today. It's, it's like the opposite of cancel culture, but it's the same. We want to be so soft on people when really what they're saying is be hard on me. I need someone to lead me. I'm so glad you said this. Here's why, Steve, I work with sales leaders. I got a lot of sales leaders I work with right now. And one of my very favorite sales leaders I work with, and I shared this on LinkedIn a couple months ago, and I've got a lot of people talking about it. He was really worried because he's like, so he, he was a sales leader. It's a billion dollars of revenue. He's on the hook for pretty good sized team. Um, and he looked at me through the zoom camera best you can virtually. Right. And he said, Rob, I never had a sales leader. That was a difference maker in my life. I never had one. You know, I That's had people that shame. gave me like, you know, they managed me. They told me what the minimum effort was. And then I always had to go figure it out. And he said, he was feeling the pressure. He's like, I don't want to be that same leader to the people in our organization. So he was really worried. He was like, I want to create life-changing years for these members of my team. So we had a couple of sessions around what does that mean? How do you become that? And it was interesting because it made me think, and I started asking my private coaching clients and I put the question to my community, my Sales Leadership United community, and we put it to also to LinkedIn. And it was pretty consistent. You know, most sales leaders are not difference makers. You're fortunate if you had one or two in your career, most don't do that. So if the members of our, if our listeners to the sales leadership podcast could get one thing from you, I love what you just said, be that leader. I wrote the notes down here. I've, I've burned up two pages of notes here from your call <laughs> with me today, Steve, holding up on the camera. People, when they see the video snippets in, in sales leadership United, they'll laugh. You know, I love you what you, you said is, is. You want to be that sales leader that makes an impact. You don't want to mm -hmm. be the one that just helps them hit a number. You help them make impact. And what better way than thinking bigger for themselves, right? Not just yeah. hit your number and we can all breathe easy. Become something bigger, become something more. And that's how you create an impact. I can't think of a better lesson for people to take from our conversation today. Yeah, it's not easy. It's also, it's not hard. But if you haven't had that leader yourself, I imagine it's different. It's it's got to be different. And I don't know who that person is for you. I'm sure you have yeah. one or two. I got to change your yeah. life. There, there you go. And you probably wouldn't be as successful as you are today without them, right? Without a doubt, a hundred percent. One very early in my career, and then one kind of in the middle. 
and and they were a key inflection points in my life for sure. Be that person. That person showing up to your funeral, Amen. not the manager. Yeah, not not the person who said thanks for making me hit my activity goal. Like Steve, that ain't. <laughs> I, I feel like um, I'm unsatisfied with our conversation. We ran out of time too fast, man. I feel like we're just getting into some really meaty stuff. I hope you'd be willing to come back again early next year, maybe in the first quarter, and, Hell, and, yeah. and dive in again. We're, we're running down to our last four or five minutes, and I want to make sure we give people mm-hmm. an opportunity to, to connect with you. And I'm going to give you a chance to like put a kind of final thought or two out that like a soundbite for people to, to hang on yeah. to as we finish. Let's. Let, I'm not going to go through all three of my rapid fire questions just because we're getting low on time. I want to go sure. to just one. You work with sales leaders and sales teams worldwide, solving what I think is the biggest challenge every sales team faces. That's one of the reasons I like people like you so much. You are not afraid of what I think the most important phase is. What do you, in your work and your interactions with these teams that are having high growth, what is the biggest sales leadership challenge that you see and how should, how can a sales leader overcome that? Well, it's it's a sales problem which affects the entire organization, right? Because if no one's selling, the company doesn't grow. It is a mindset that expands beyond the. It's let me back it up. It is it is operating without fear. How about that? Because if your mindset wants to expand, and not just talk about your product, it has to be something that when people speak with your company, they go, "Well, what the hell is going on over there? What's in their water?" Because I want some of it. And, and growth happens when people want to be around you and they want to get closer to you. And selfishly, it's be, it's a, we, we don't want to, I don't want to be around you for your sake. I, I, I'd lo- I want to be around you because I like you. I want more of you. I want to learn more from you. And, and you can do that without talking about the, all the things that we grew up with, which are great. Medic, Bant, go down the list, right? Yep. And sales leaders go, all right, well, I'm going to hire a trainer for Bant. And that's going to solve all our problems. Bullshit. You won't. Bant's great but it will not solve your problems. It might give you some good ideas that 10% of your people will apply. And that's, that's okay sometimes and good enough. But what you need to do is you need to transform the way that people perceive the way they interact with you, your team and your company, which when you connect with us, it is an experience. It is not a transaction. I could sell you Tupperware. I could sell you dog shit in a bag. It doesn't matter. You're going to like working with me. And when people like working with you, they will refer you. And all of a sudden you go, I don't know, man, this got a lot easier. What happened? Well, people are looking at you going, I want more of you. I want more of your company because when I work with you, you make me feel good and you impact my life. And that could be a chip that you put into something. It could be balloons. It doesn't matter because it applies all the same. And and people want to say, no, 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 this is a technical problem. I say, no, a technical product. No, it's not. That's bullshit. It is a thing that solves a problem that people have. And if you are all about solving problems and truly believe it, you'll be wildly successful and, and you won't know why. And it's so hard to do because it's, we always look for other things. We go, no, it's this software. We need to implement this training. You need leadership training. You need to hire good leaders. And you need to say, I'm committed to doing this thing and changing the world because otherwise you should go get a desk job. Just go get a normal job. What a great what a great nugget. Thank you. That's, that is so good. We are, we, we got a wrap. That's, that's why I'm only asking you that one. Cause you have so much depth, Steve. I, I like, I like this conversation with you even more than I thought, man. Like I said, I, I feel like we're just getting started. How do our customers, how do our listeners get more of you? How do they get to see the insights from you? How do they get to start a conversation with you? How do they learn more about you or, or title? How, how do they do that? Two ways I can think of. Number one is uh, LinkedIn, uh, Steve Schmidt. That's You can follow me. I, I don't talk about the company as much as just practitioner stuff. And if you want to learn more about Title, you can go there or to our website, which is risewithtitle.com. I almost said www. My kids say, that makes you seem old. And so it's risewithtitle.com. Okay. My advice to everyone listening Connect with them on LinkedIn and check out what they're doing at Title because, like, I'm telling you, it's it's a head turner for me. So we got last thing right, right, last minute. Like, if there's a final thought around what we've talked about today, do you have like a final thought that you'd share with several thousand sales leaders around the world as we get ready to sign off? Yeah, I think I think that the 
there's no one way to do it. I wish there was because we'd all try and do that. And, and as a sales leader, if you take your job seriously and, and you realize it's about impacting people, it's not about hitting your quota because ultimately you'll have more than one job in your life. Like it's just mm -hmm. a fact. I don't know many sales leaders who just stay one place forever. And that's okay because that means your journey is going to change. But realize that the thing that you signed up for is impacting people's lives. And it starts with the heart and the head. And if you can impact one of those, and if you're lucky enough to impact two, um, your, the joy and the, the thing that you feel in your inside your head and your, your heart will outweigh the bank account and the money will show up. And that is a sustainable feeling that doesn't run out. Money runs out. You buy a new house, you buy a new car, it smells different. But when you change people's lives, that feeling of making a true impact, which is why I believe we're here on this earth anyways, will last forever. And that's when you start to feel full inside instead of chasing the next paycheck. Okay. Steve, you're awesome, dude. Thank you so much for giving us an hour this morning. Uh, this was a game changer. His name is Steve Smith. He's the founder and the CEO of Tidal. Uh, they help create the healthiest and most robust pipelines in the world. Uh, and, and, and today, he's someone that shared some great insights about what we should be signing up for. And that's being the difference maker in the lives of those people that we lead. And so my advice is follow Steve, follow his advice, and help create life-changing years for those members of your team and be that impact maker that so few get a chance to have. Steve. My pleasure to have you on our show, my man. Thank you for your awesomeness. Thank you for your contribution to what we all do. And as I say to everyone, happy selling. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I got to thank my friends at Scipio for their ongoing support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Texting is one of the last platforms where you can really differentiate how you engage your customers. There's no doubt in my mind that texting needs to be part of the modern sales process. I have dug into the Scipio product and I love it. A couple of the customers that I work closely with, I'm working with them on how they use Scipio and it's made a massive difference. And since I've started this partnership with Scipio, I've had several other sales managers hit me up and tell me just how much they like the platform as well. It's simplicity, the powerful features, and the impact that comes when texting's done right it just creates a no-brainer situation for the modern salesperson. Listen, not all text messaging platforms are created equal. And if you want to engage more with your clients and also get more prospects to your demos and discovery meetings, start using Scipio. Their platform is the most powerful, most personal one I've ever seen. It's just that simple. I know their team personally. I know they'll give you an amazing experience. Take advantage of a free month with no strings, compliments of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Head to Scipio.com, tell them I sent you by using the code ROB, that's R-O-B, on the sign-up page. You'll be blown away how quickly the right texting platform can change the game for the members of your team. Now, this podcast is also brought to you by my company, the Jepson Performance Group. And if you're like most sales leaders and you've been left to figure out your sales leadership system on your own, man, I'd love to talk to you. Because while there's no shortcuts in sales, shortcuts to getting to success, you will get there faster if you take the most direct route. And if you like the content of this podcast, you will love the content in my community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. I want you to think about it like going to the Home Depot for sales leaders. We have aisles on motivation. We have aisles on leadership. We have aisles on uh, sales meetings. Everything you'd ever need to have to create an elite sales system, we got it there. And if you've never had a coach in your corner, now's a great time to give it a try. Uh, Executive coaching is becoming a bigger and bigger perk, and I have more and more companies asking me to provide this for their sales leadership teams. And if you've never had someone in your corner, you need to find out what happens because there's a reason that the greatest performers in the world in every discipline invest in themselves. All the leaders on coaching, they're having the best year of their careers as we find these small improvements that create huge impact. So save your most precious resource, your time. Small improvements create disproportionate results in both sales and sales leadership. And if you can win just a little more, just a little faster, you will create massive results. And if you want to find those things, hit me up today. Now, I was pumped to have this conversation with Steve. I was really looking forward to it. Um, but like so many of these uh, conversations on the show, it was even better than I expected. 
Steve's leading a company that is growing fast. Right? I mean fast. And if you're not following him, I promise you, you will get inspiration by following this guy. I love his insights on prospecting in the modern world. I love his commitment that he's going to always be a practitioner rather than just becoming some thought leader that talks about stuff but doesn't do anything. Um, The reason I love Steve so much is he walks his talk. He does what he's talking about every single day. So there's a ton of gold in this episode, and, and I felt bad that we ran out of time so fast. But for this so what, I want to focus on just one part of it. And with no respect to the discussion around prospecting in the modern world, I want to talk about thinking big. Because most sales leaders, they don't know how to help the reps they lead think big. In order to help people transform, in order to be those difference-making leaders, we've got to do three things really, really well. I referred to this triangle transformation in the conversation in this episode. And if you want more, either hit me up or go find it in the content library on Sales Leadership United. But the third part of that triangle is the one that very few sales leaders get really comfortable at addressing. And that's the one on doing mindset coaching. Mindset, belief, changing what you think is possible for yourself, changing what you think is possible for your team. Because you can't do anything unless you think about it first. And it's so easy to get in front of someone and use overused lines like, if you believe it, you can achieve it. But nobody really believes that because they're easy to say and hard to activate. But here's what I've learned. I work with sales leaders that are having ridiculous success. Some already were having success. Some we went and developed that success. But a very common thing of the people I worked with in 2021 is they had the best year of their career. It's been super cool to watch. And... I'm telling you, these people start with mindset. Mindset isn't this thing that they think about every now and then. They work on creating bulletproof, titanium-grade mindsets where they think big. Um, And I believe that the greatest gift you can possibly give someone is the gift of belief. You should ask yourself, we're at the holiday time right now as we record this, what gifts am I giving my team? And, and I would tell you, the greatest gift you can give them is this gift of belief. If you can help another human being develop that gift of belief in self, that, that belief that they are capable of more than they could ever fathom, you can do something for them that will change their lives. And that's a common thread with what Steve was talking about today. Steve talked about changing lives more than once. Steve's story is one that I am very grateful that he was willing to share. It was only a few years ago that he was in a place where small thinking limited his growth. But as he started to remove limits, he started to act differently. And today, his growth is eclipsing his greatest ambitions of just a few years ago. The elite leaders, they spend time learning about mindset and they know everything starts there. Now, I personally believe the most powerful words in any language are the ones that follow these two words. Okay, you ready? The words are, I am. Put I am and then put a blank. Whatever you put in that blank after I am, those become the most powerful words in the English language. And I encourage sales leaders to have their own personal I am statements, but I also encourage them to work on that with the reps they lead. I am what? Uh, Now's a really good time to do that because If you have positive things, positive things will happen. If you have negative things in your I am, negative things will happen. If your statement is, I am frustrated, you're going to have a frustrating year. If it is, I am going to have the greatest year of my career, you likely will. Because then you can get to work on providing structure around how you make that happen. So if you want to give yourself the best chance at a great year this year, put some structure around helping people think bigger. Remove limits. Avoid things that create false ceilings. The most successful people I've studied have one thing in common. When they look back on their lives, they say something along the lines of, man, even with as much as I've accomplished, I didn't think big enough. Big thinking leads to big action. Big action leads to big speed. Big speed leads to big momentum, and big momentum leads to big results. So play big, think big, and act big. And if you do that, then you can expect big things to happen. This is a great way to fuel enrollment in your coaching efforts. My coaching model is called Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R. And the E in Empower stands for enrollment. It should be the first thing you do. You shouldn't just have one-on-ones for the sake of having one-on-ones. You got to get enrollment. Most sales leaders can benefit from better enrollment. Getting those they lead to sign up. I'm doing my air quotes here. Sign up 
or to, again, air quotes, buy in, right? Or to get alignment. But we need to be chasing something, chasing something bigger. And too many times we have leaders that make the mistake of just doing like Keith, uh, Keith, Keith says, he's been on our show. Um, we coach people in our own image. Don't make the mistake of just going through the leadership motions, okay? Follow the examples Steve sh that shared today and help your team think big. Get them to enroll. Get them to sign up. Get them to talk about it. Help them visualize it. And then challenge them to make them think even bigger. And then make all of your efforts in your one-on-ones that you have throughout the year. Make them focused on making those big things happen. And before you know it, those big things are going to be in your rearview mirror just like they were with Steve. Mindset. It's the most powerful, one of the least effectively used tools by sales leaders today. When I ask people about the tools that they use, I just, I kick people off all the time. I never, ever hear people talk about mindset first. I bring it up, it's always like, oh yeah. It should be your go-to tool, okay? Make it a core component in how you lead in this coming year. We're in December. You should be thinking about next year and mindset needs to be part of it. Steve, my man, can't wait to get you back on the show soon. Uh, can't thank you enough for joining me. Your story, your efforts, and your success, they inspire me. And there are thousands of sales leaders that I hope get as inspired by this conversation as I have been. Uh, so to those of you who heard Steve today on my show, go find Steve, connect with him, read what he puts out, follow his stuff. He will help you be a better leader. It will make an immediate difference in the lives of those you lead. Check his stuff out. And I promise you'll be glad you did. Thanks also to my friends at Scipio. Listen, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go to Scipio.com. Take advantage of the th free 30-day trial by using this tool for yourself. Go to the sign-up link, enter the code ROB, start communicating with your prospects the way they want to be communicated with. You'll get results faster than you may have thought possible. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give me to share this episode with your friends or colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it. And then be elite. Live strong. Chase your passions. And don't worry. Just execute. Because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.